The following is a presentation of the Black Hollywood Live Network, the first online broadcast network dedicated to African-American entertainment. Hollywood Redefined. From Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menounos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies, this is Black Hollywood Live, breaking into... Featuring in-depth interviews with today's most influential entertainment figures, highlighting their tips, tricks, and techniques on breaking into the entertainment industry. You're listening to Black Hollywood Live. And now, the host of Black Hollywood Live, breaking into. Hey, everyone. You're watching Breaking Into. I'm your host, Dario Kristen, and here joining me is Jessica King. Hello. And our very special guest today is one of the most sought-after Hollywood producers out there right now. Stephanie Frederick is joining us. How you doing, Stephanie? I'm doing great. How are you? Great. We're glad that you're here. Good, good, Thank good. you I'm for joining to, us. Today. I'm happy to be here. I love the studio. Tell Maria I love the studio. I think you just told her. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> no, it's Joking wonderful. It's beautiful. It's smart. It's very smart. Wish Thank I you. thought of it. Thank you very much. Thank you. Well, now you have a very interesting path in the industry. Um, as we kind of mentioned before, you are one of the leading Hollywood producers, but you started off in broadcast journalism. I did. Now, how did you transition from going into journalism into then transitioning into TV and producing? Well, let me tell you, um, I arrived in Los Angeles uh, quite a while ago, um, 1992, and it was right after the Rodney King Oh, wow. Uh, trial. Wow. The, ri- the riots, the rebellion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? And I was working in Houston. I was a television news anchor in Houston. And I said, I'm getting to Los Angeles because there's going to be a lot of work there um, because they're going to have to rebuild the city. Yeah. Right? And so I said, it's happening in the African-American community. I know that community. Sure. I'm part of that community. I can make this work. And I just quit my job. Oh, wow. wow. Now, that's ballsy right Everybody there. Everybody thought I was crazy. Matter of fact, I could never work at Fox again. Thank you, Fox. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because you, I broke a contract. Burns, yeah. Some burned bridges. And so, um, you know, and I ended up coming to Los Angeles working for uh, KCBS television and covering the second Rodney King trial. And I was one of the reporters. I had several reporters at the time. And so... You know, I was trying to figure out how I could fit in. Mm-hmm. You know, my my goal at the time was just to continue being a television news reporter. Okay. And then I, Black Entertainment Television said they needed somebody to do some freelance correspondence work. And I said, oh, that would be great. Yeah, I can do that. And so I did that in addition to doing my other job. I'm not Jamaican. I've just always had <laughs> several jobs, you know. You have to. You have to have You have to, industry. you know. And so I wanted to... Um, I've always been concerned. I've always been concerned about, as a female in the industry, how they tend to get rid of us after a certain age. Mm. And so I said, I've got to figure this thing out. I'm a person that I didn't know it was called strategy at the time. <laughs> I was trying to figure out, you know, I, I wanted an exit strategy. I wanted to know, you know, how I could have longevity in the in, in this career in this business. And so I said, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to go work for BET, which I did, somehow start producing at BET. I'd already produced at some of my other television jobs around the country. Mm-hmm. L.A. was my ninth city. Wow. wow. Right? So I said, okay. Because, you know, you got to move around. you got to move, move to the, different markets. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, I said, i got to figure this thing out. This is what I want to do. This is what I was born to do. 
I got to make this work. And so I started working for BET, and BET would send me out to do to interview celebrities. Okay, that's good. I can do that. And uh, one day they sent me to do an interview at Disney, and the Disney executive came up to me afterwards, and she said, hey, we're trying to do, like, you know, movie specials, and, and we like your style. Can you, um, would you be interested in doing a behind the scenes of how the movie, uh, how this movie was made for us. And I'm like, sure, I don't, I don't mind doing that. And so she said, it's just a small movie. <laughs> Buzz Lightyear. <laughs> <laughs> Super yeah, small. Just and minute. No big deal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, little thing called Toy Story. <laughs> and I started doing behind the scenes of the movies from there. Wow. wow. Now, I got to say, right before that, I was also working for this TV show, Inside Edition. Mm-hmm. And so I literally would leave Inside Edition at a certain hour, go do my BET story at another hour, right? Get that on the air for the next day, and then go back and figure out how we can finish this little special or this little film called mm-hmm. Toy Story. <laughs> And so, but that's how my business was born, because the, then the people at Disney came to me and said, you know, we need you to have a business, to have a company. Right. And so I said, oh, no problem. I said, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get that all set up. And so I call a friend. I'm like, what are they talking about? <laughs> <laughs> you know, what are they talking about? How am I going to make this work? And uh, she goes, oh, don't worry. We'll get your company set up. You know, what do you want to call it? And I said, just call it, um, um, people used to joke at me all the time about, you know, because I was constantly running around the city doing interviews for some network or for some, you know, media outlet. And so they said, uh, that Frederick girl is always working. So I said, FGW. And that became the name of the company. I like and that. And it stuck. Yeah. So, and that's a great reputation to have. The person is always working. Always working. Are you sure you're not Jamaican? <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure? No, but, you know, it's, it's, it's fun. It's fun. And why do this if it's not? Right. Right. I mean, you've been up since four today. I have. I've been up since about the same time. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's just what we do. Yeah. And it's at long it after 4 p.m. And I'm 5 not going to bed for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> but it's what we do. So, yeah. you know, you want to have fun. So that's a long answer, but that's how I got into business. Well, speaking of figuring things out, because you've emphasized that a little bit, how were you able to use some of the qualities that you learned from your broadcast journalism career and apply those to your producing career? Excellent question. I'm going to tell you why. You would be surprised at how your skill set, your skills can transfer. Mm-hmm. Brought, uh, uh, reporting skills can transfer into other careers. Yeah. yeah. You know, if you can write, oh my gosh, there's such a dearth of people. <laughs> a lot of people cannot write. That's true. You know, so, or turn a phrase. Or be able to um, write a promo. Those are skills that everyone needs today. Yeah. Right? I don't care if you're going to go, who, you, you get ready to write something for, on the internet for a company. A company needs a bio. A person needs a bio. A company needs to have, you know, uh, more information about their executives. You know, it's just, you need to learn how to write. So the writing skills transferred. The... Um, video production skills transferred. I've always been interested in the technical aspect of what we do. Mm-hmm. And I've always been the type of person that is nosy about the <laughs> business side of what we do. I'm like, well, how are they making money? How is that working? And why are they paying her so much money? Inquisitive mm-hmm. And why is yeah. he 
making more money than she. Exactly, yeah. So how can we, you know, level this deal? So um, curiosity pays off, right? So as a reporter, you have to be curious and ask the right questions. So it's not just asking the question. It's asking the right question. Yeah. And so that translated right along into what, what I do. You get on a movie set today, my company tells you how the movies are made. You have to know about the movies to be able to explain what you do. As a television reporter, you've got to know that story Mm -hmm. to be able to explain it to someone. It's all the same thing. So the skills transferred. Yeah. And we're having a ball. (laughs) (laughs) And then as far as your company, for someone who may want to start start their own production company, what are some of the steps that you would recommend for them to do it? Well... I would say this, that you really need to determine, first of all, if this is what you want to do. You know, there's a lot of people that say they want to do this, but really you would need to look at the whole picture. It's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. It's some work, right? What you guys have here, that somebody did some work. And so I think that if you're going to start a production company, you know, I would encourage people to, there's, there are classes today on the business of the show. They don't call it show business for nothing, mm-hmm. right? So it's the business of show. And I think you need to, you really need to know the business. You need to have a lawyer. You need to be able to have, to determine whether you need to be incorporated. Are you going to start an INC or an LLC? You need to know that all at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. you really do because then taxes come into play. That's true. Mm-hmm. And you're going to pay Uncle Sam. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's gonna, a guarantee. He's going to get his money. <laughs> Sooner or later. <laughs> what are some of the biggest challenges that you face with running your own company? Well, you know, this is a very competitive business. Amen. Very competitive. <laughs> and uh, people call me for jobs every day. Mm-hmm. People, uh, uh, my best friend called me to hire her daughter. Mm-hmm. People at church. Gravitate towards you. Can you hired my kid. Can I get a job? Can this person get a job? But I think that at least for me um, what I like to do and what I like to say to people is this that the best thing that that the the hardest part is uh, the rejection. Mm -hmm. You know we spend thousands of dollars putting together proposals to secure movies to tell the studios hey we're the best people to market this movie for you because that's really what behind the scenes is it's a marketing tool to Mm -hmm. sell the movie and so we go in and do a lot of research like for instance uh, you know television and movies live and die by uh, television lives and die by ratings Mm -hmm. well movies are rated too and a certain aspect by the box office. Right. And right. opening weekend is always the most important, huge, theoretically. Right? Huge. I tell people all the time, I'll get to the theater opening weekend. You must, you must, if you want to see more of these types of movies. But um, So we spend a lot of money putting together these proposals, and sometimes we don't get the film. Yeah. You know, so rejection. You know, we, we're rejected. And it, I've gotten used to it now. <laughs> but here's what my favorite word is. Pivot. <laughs> We didn't get that one. Move. I turn. Love that. Let's go. Turn around. Keep it moving. You have to. Yeah. You have to because otherwise you'll have a huge chip on your shoulder. You'll walk around with a scowl on your face. You won't be 
nice to people. Mm. And this business is all about relationships. Can't survive Hands without that. down. Yeah. I can go back and look at contracts that we're able to secure today. And it's because of a relationship I had from 10, 20 years ago. Wow. wow. A woman called me up the other day, and she said, hey, my cousin has a... Uh, story on her family that would make a great documentary. They need somebody to put it together. Mm-hmm. This girl from college. I've been out of college for a minute. <laughs> right. So, but she uh, she came to me, and it's a fascinating story. So I'm all excited about that one, right? Um, because we also do documentary films. Really, if you look at the behind the scenes of the movies, we're on movie sets now because of social media. I love social media. Because of social media, we're on movie sets every day. Mm-hmm. So I'm there. If the movie goes, last movie we worked on was Ride Along 2. Mm-hmm. Kevin Hart, Ice Cube Kevin Hart, right? And uh, we shot for 45 days, weekends off. Uh, we did that film over the summer. We started off in Miami. Fantastic. <laughs> and then... You gotta love Miami. <laughs> it was hot. It was hot. Raining. Periodical. <laughs> started off in Miami, and then we ended in, in Atlanta. And so we're on that set every day. It is like a master class in filmmaking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, even though I know about the film business, I studied the film business, still, being there's nothing like being there. You know, and we were on a set with Will Packer, who is the, you know. He's the man. He's great. The yeah. man, right? Will Packer knows how to run a movie set. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I love watching this brother work. It's fascinating. And what he's really smart about is that Will not only knows how to produce a movie, he knows how to market a movie. Mm-hmm. So, He's an overall threat. He can do it all. Yeah. Can, well, in his, his box office numbers prove it. Yeah. That's true. You know, he knows where to take the movie. Right now, he and Kevin Hart are touring the country at, uh, on a lot of uh, college campuses, marketing their film, The Wedding Ringer. And, you know, he was smart to go there because it's a, it's a comedy and it's about these guys and, you know... He's smart. He's genius. So it's great to be on sets and learn this stuff, but we're on those sets every day. Mm-hmm. And so that is the equivalent of we have two cameras shooting. I have one cam- had one camera just on Kevin Hart, had another camera that, that covered the production, right? One camera on Kevin Hart because... Oh my God! I don't even think you need to explain. You don't I, yeah. miss a Energizer Bunny. I'm like, dude, what are you on? What are you drinking? What did you? What the are you smoking? Level. Yeah, he, he's he's crazy, right? And so, to say the least. Yeah, I mean, we put just keep one camera on him, and golden. There's gold. Yeah, golden material um, that we get from Kevin Hart, and so we're able to service that out to all social media. And when it comes to marketing the film, we've done some really cool stuff, you know. And so to answer your question the long way around, when we are putting all of this content together, you know, and marketing the film, what's really cool is that we're able to take snippets of those little pieces and service them out with social media. Mm-hmm. And so everybody's getting custom content. Everybody feels like they're getting something special. Yeah. Right? And it's because we were on the set every day. So we love social media for that. But that's the best part about the business. The hard part is the rejection. And then when you mentioned some of the films you've worked on, like um, Ride Along 2, and I know 12 Years a Slave was another one. How do you go about picking what projects you want to work on? Because I know those have primarily very strong black leads. Mm-hmm. So do you, is that a prerequisite for you to work on that film, or is it? Or how do you go about picking that selection? Well, trust me, uh, we can market any film. 
But our specialty is African American. Mm-hmm. Communities of color. That's my audience. That's my community. I know my community. I know my audience. Do you know the number one supermarket among African Americans? Supermarket? Supermarket. Take a guess. What? Where do we go grocery shopping? Number one. Okay, let me think. Uh, Piggly Wiggly. No. Where are you from? <laughs> My family's in the South. <laughs> I'm the only one I thought who would know Piggly Wiggly. But that's not it. I'm trying to think of the one on the East Coast, and I can't put my finger on the name of it. Pathmark. No. What is it? All right, I'm over two. Safeway. It's going to blow your mind. Whole Foods. Really? Whole Foods. Really. Really. These are Nielsen numbers, not mine. I didn't wow. make them up. I didn't is there a certain pocket. part of the country that 18, that's 18 to 49, uh, income over 50,000. Number one supermarket for African Americans wow. is Whole Foods. Now, Not the reason I know Jones. content like that is I have to know my audience. Yeah. I have to know that, you know, the difference we made for Fast and Furious 6. Black and Brown put that film over the top. Black and Brown put Ride Along 1 over the top, mm-hmm. $160 million. Yeah. That movie was made for $25 million. Yeah. I would never guess that, that Whole Foods I know. would be Whole the number Foods? one store. Hey, I was trying to get all creative with my answer, too, like thinking of something that's not even well, in L.A. Well, it's not Ralph's. <laughs> I was going to say Ralph's or Kroger's, even, because like, Kroger's is back in the Midwest, so that's what I was thinking, too. But, you know, but, what I'm telling you is that, you know, you have to do your research and yeah. you have to know your audience. You know, before I even appear somewhere or talk to an audience, talk to someone, I ask, who, who are these people? Because you want to know who you're speaking to. And you want to know, because you want to connect. Right. You want to be able to engage. And so that's part of the business of, of marketing and part of the business of what we do is that I need to know who I'm talking to. Well, and it's also great for African-American spending because of the fact it proves that they're buying. And because Whole Foods is known for not being the most cost-effective grocery mm-hmm. store to go into as, as far as if you're doing your grocery shopping. But you know, you know our people. We true. love luxury. We do yeah. love luxury. luxury brands. <laughs> you know that is true. I, I um, but Nielsen puts out a report every year on the on the state of the African American consumer, mm-hmm. and so you know that's a report that we just, quite frankly, digest, and then we dig for deep, you know, do a deeper dive into that information. You know, top three African American movies, favorite movies, guess of all time or of just all a, time, Boomerang, Best Man. Uh, <laughs> Love Jones. Oh, coming to America. Coming to America. I'm quitting the games. Apparently, I can't I win. Coming, coming to America is is huge. You know, it, it it was it was targeted as, or Nielsen uh, gave us the numbers on that and said, you know, it was one of the top favorite films of African Americans. Will Smith had the other two. Mm. Will Smith, Independence Day. Bingo. Hitch. Oh my gosh. I'm- Hitch. I'm on a roll. No. Okay, I give up. That, that was my 0 for 3. I give up. Hitch probably would have done better. Uh, I shouldn't say that. I'm not going to say that. Hitch should be. <laughs> That's so intriguing. So, so think about this. Think why Hitch would have done better. Could have done better. Kevin James? No. Kevin James is great. He's funny. Who's a love interest? Even um, Mendez. Mendez? If it Mendes. had been more right. of a, it had been a black woman? Uh, African-American woman. African-American woman, women would have responded better. Ah, mm, that's a good point. Yeah, that's so interesting. But you brought it. You brought in another ethnic group 
to sell the film. So I think it was a smart move. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was the crossover. I feel like the crossover effect, too, for that film. Right. Absolutely. It had such Absolutely. a large audience drama. But it doesn't negate the fact blacks and browns are making a big difference at the box office. Right. You know, we go to, we go to movies more. Mm-hmm. You know, we go to the and grocery we store more. Our movies, yeah. and we, we we need to do a better job at supporting yeah. our movies. We I need agree. to not bootleg our movies. <laughs> yes, That's we do. True. do that. Yeah. <laughs> we need to not buy them in the grocery uh, in the uh, barber shop. In the beauty shop, <laughs> five dollars. I would appreciate that. <laughs> it's so funny because sometimes I walk into uh, the beauty shop salon, and uh, you know, when I go home to Louisiana and, and take a ride down certain streets, that I'm checking in to say hello to everybody I'll see them in there just selling a movie that we recently worked on and I'm like hey <laughs> you you're the reason why <laughs> you're the reason why we're not going to get to make any more like oh come on Malcolm Lee has plenty of money best man holiday <laughs> Malcolm Lee ma- made his money Spike he can get money from Spike I'm like dude that's not the way it works right. <laughs> you know let's not do let's not do our folks like this what are you some know. other uh, factors that go into your selection process when you're choosing a movie or a project to work on? And to answer your question, um, the first time you asked it, no, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what it, it it does make a difference in the type of movie it is. Would I market Booty Call? Probably not. Mm. You know. Um, and why do you say that? Why? I don't know. It's just I like Jamie Fox. Even Jamie Foxx doesn't like booty call anymore. <laughs> He's beyond the booty call now. <laughs> That's a good point. I, matter of fact, I think Jamie offered to give us our money back. <laughs> He's fantastic, by the way. But, you know, I, I think that um, sometimes what happens is a studio will call us up and say, help. And when someone says help, you help them, yeah. right? Because I always think that there are ways to market a film. You know, like, like I went to see Selma powerful film heard it's amazing because what's amazing about it is that it talks about the strategy of the civil rights movement it is the civil rights movement movement from a different lens different perspective plus david is phenomenal in this film i mean you're sitting there going okay he's king i i'm lost into him he's king and and dr king so that's a type of film that i want to be a part of Mm -hmm. right you know and so um, I feel that that's one that I want to make sure that the community comes out and to support it. So whatever we can do to help support it, I want to be able to do that. Um, that said, we did American Gangster. Mm-hmm. Well, it's Denzel. Bingo. That's why right. I decided to do it. Yeah. <laughs> right? Ridley Scott, too. But, you know, a fantastic director, a great story, a great script. I just saw a script the other day. And I'm going to say it here first. I haven't said it anywhere else. We get the exclusive. <laughs> I'm just telling you, this film will be an Oscar contender with the right people and the right director. Wow. It's a film called Harriet. It's about Harriet Tubman. Mm. Now, you may go, oh, come on. The writing, this script is phenomenal. And the woman who wrote it is Academy Award nominee. Well, that brings up a good point. So we have films like 12 Years a Slave, right? Mm-hmm. And we have, obviously, Oprah and Tyler Perry and Shonda Rhimes who are changing the game completely for African Americans. Very much so. Mm-hmm. Do you think that now it is easier for films to get greenlit as far as the way they're viewed in the Hollywood executive kind of studio environment? Easier to be greenlit? Mm-hmm. Are they, is the perception of the black film different in those rooms behind the doors? No. Because it's all about green. It's all about, can this film make money? And so, 12 Years a Slave, 
would not have been made without Brad Pitt. Mm. Let's be real, yeah. right? Um, Selma, 12 Years a Slave helped Selma, though. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's a that's a Plan B Brad Pitt company film too. Oh, really? Yes, we we jokingly say the B stands for black. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. <laughs> I'm sure it stands for Brad. <laughs> <laughs> I like I like I'm where you go going with it. We're gonna go with like it. That. Listen, we like Brad in the studio. I didn't right? come up with that. Alfred Woodard did. <laughs> but you know, um, I I believe now that the Plan B stands for black. Mm-hmm. You know. Because he's putting out some fabulous content, and he's helping make sure that content gets out. Because otherwise, it would not be made. Because in someone's mind, and we have to at some point erase this. I don't know where it came from. I don't know why people keep saying it. But they've repeated it enough to where they believe it. And here's what it is. They say, black films don't travel. In other words, you can't sell our films overseas. Mm. I've heard that many times before. Not true. Not true. you got to try to sell it first. Yeah. Right? Ride Along went overseas. Uh, 12 Years a Slave went overseas. So, but it's only because um, with 12 Years a Slave, it had the Oscar buzz, mm-hmm. had the Oscar win. It won Best Picture, right? Um, the director's from the UK, so we knew, we knew that it would be able to go to the UK. Right. But could it go to Australia? Could it go to Germany? Could it go to Italy? Could it go to Spain? You know, key places where you have to sell a film. Foreign sales now outrank domestic sales. It used to be everybody wanted to be uh, American, mm-hmm. right? The domestic box office was all it had to take. You had to just do well in America, North America. It doesn't work that way anymore. China's changing the game, and foreign sales now outweigh the domestic box office. The foreign box office outweighs domestic. But doesn't it have to be marketed different differently overseas? Like I, I heard complaints about how even with Twelve Years a Slave that they were saying in America it was, uh, you know, they they showed the African American actors on the posters, where in Europe you had to show Brad Pitt primarily on the posters. Mm-hmm. So is that true or is that not true? That is very true. You got to sell the film. Mm-hmm. You sell it the way you, you know sell, sell audience, it the way you can, right? right? Know your audience. You know your niche. Yeah. yeah. And so you know, black films do travel. And I am determined to prove that. And if it means that I've got to pivot, I'm going to do that. Because I think it's important that there's a whole lot of money being left on the table. It's almost like, okay, um, here's America, and here's the rest of the world. And we're only looking at this? Mm -hmm. Yet our music travels? Who's the number one artist right now? Female. Beyonce. Uh, Beyonce. Yeah, I was going to say Beyonce. She's pretty good. She's worth her money. (laughs) She's worth her money. Not gonna lie, she deserves it. (laughs) Sister girl. Uh, So you know, a lot of people don't realize that TV production and film production can be very different. Mm -hmm. What are some of the biggest differences between the two? Good question. First thing I tell everybody: you need to know what everyone does on the set. Mm -hmm. I had to go teach a class at my alma mater uh, last month. University of Oklahoma. University of Oklahoma, Boomer Center. Love those centers. (laughs) Um, And I took out a call sheet. And I was showing the call sheet because it really shows everyone who works on the film, what time they're due there. It had a lot of information, right? Front and back. And so we had 200 people working on uh, Ride Along 2. And so it had everybody's position. It had, uh, again, the call time, et cetera. And so... Here's the thing. 
I think I forgot your question. Give me your question again. <laughs> the differences between yes, TV production. Yes, TV production. Okay, so I'm showing them the call sheet. And I'm saying, you need to know what each person on this set does. So you know who to go to in case there's a problem. Well, let's see. Can we shoot over here, behind the scenes question? Can we shoot over on this side of the, of the set? Well, who would you go to for that? You'd go to the location person. Mm -hmm. Are we cleared to shoot over here? But producing for television and producing... For film, about the same. Mm -hmm. But when it gets to the executive producer ranks, that's where things really change. Yeah. Right. right? The executive producer in television is the showrunner. Mm -hmm. There's uh, certain types of EPs and producers on a film set. Their EP really can be the person that's bringing the money. Right. Therefore, they're not really the creative types, right? Mm -hmm. They don't have a clue what's going on on that set, except they know how much money... That they've invested. Yeah. And they're there to protect their investment. Mm -hmm. Some of them show up, some of them don't. It's kind of interesting. And as an African-American woman in this industry, what are some of the challenges that you, you've faced in order to kind of be the success that you've become today? Well, sometimes they um, call me different names. <laughs> no, you know, I think that, that I run a pretty tight crew. And, you know... We try to just, you know, it's just like your grandma and your great-grandma told you years ago. We try to be three times as better yeah. as everyone else. I have to have things really buttoned up because if something goes wrong, well, that's how they do it. I don't want anyone to say that about FGW or anyone that works for us. Mm -hmm. You know, we run a pretty tight-knit crew. And, you know, we do a lot of things. So we might be working on a documentary this season, matter of fact, we have a documentary coming out on OWN. Uh, and it's Congratulations. Called, thank you, thank you. We're excited about it coming out in January. Um, and so we might be working on a documentary one day, and then the next day we're doing the behind the scenes of a Tupac movie. Mm -hmm. uh, or the next day we're up in Toronto shooting a sitcom. We um, were able to privately finance a sitcom starring these three beautiful little chocolate girls mm -hmm. that I can't wait to get on television. No. And they're sisters, and they're singers, and they're from Africa. Mm -hmm. And they're discovered on YouTube. And they, a Hollywood agent finds them because they're getting all these hits, mm -hmm. right? Their content. And um, they are whisked away from Nigeria to Los Angeles to pursue their dream of musical stardom. Wow. And so they're three uh, three young girls, and I mean they are they're gorgeous and they're smart and they're funny, and we created a whole sitcom around them, and it's very multicultural. It looks like the world. It looks like America. And I'm very proud of it. Privately financed, so we're doing that too. So we're uh, we're humping. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we're humping. Well, you know, you mentioned a little bit earlier how much you love social media, and obviously digital media and social media is all the rage these days. And, you know, these days anyone could start a production company and have it registered with SAG or IMDb for the sake of putting stuff online or whatnot. Mm -hmm. But you managed to start a successful <laughs> production company. That's where the difference is. What is Thank the God. secret to success? I just grind. We hustle. You know, She's like, simple answer. Yeah. No, I'm just trying to just hustle, you know, and, and I got to tell you, again, it's all about relationships. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The relationships I had from when I did television news, 
come in the play today. Yeah. I think it helps that people remember seeing you on television, mm-hmm. you know, 50 pounds ago, but it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, so I think that, you know, your reputation, I think the relationships matter. Mm. Can we trust her with our story? Can we trust them with our with our star? You know, um, is she going to ask that question that's going to just for to exploit my talent? Right. You know, there are ways of asking questions. You don't yeah. have to come right in. Right. 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 Yeah. Soften it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. What would you like to conquer next in your career? I think I'm going to conquer that selling African American films overseas. I think that's huge for us. And yeah. I think someone needs to kick in the door. Why not me? I like that's like a T-shirt statement right there. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I'm not. I'm not going to lie to you. I mean, it's going to take some work. Right. And uh, but I've never been afraid of hard work. You know, I've been working all these hours already. So why not? Plus, you know what? That means I get to travel a little bit. That's not yeah. a bad thing, <laughs> especially it. in this industry. <laughs> Where can fans find you and find out more about your company and the projects that you're working on on social media? Well, I'm going to update my website real quickly. Now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, FGWProductions.com. Frederick Girl Working. FGW.com. FGWProductions.com. Um, I'm on Facebook. Hey, you friended me the other day. I did. I, I found that you. That was so cool. I, I wanted to know who you were, so I found you. Oh, good deal, good deal, good deal. <laughs> the reporter yeah. in, in me. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you should friend me too. I will. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to be waiting until I get home. I'm going to get my phone back. Just get your phone right now. <laughs> uh, and then on Twitter, I'm on Twitter, um, Steph Fred LA. S-T-E-P Fred LA. And I'm also on Instagram, Steph Fred LA. So I love Instagram. Oh, yeah. I yeah. do too. I, 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 it's a great place to be nosy. It yeah. is. Picture you can find a lot about people on, on Instagram. And what they eat. <laughs> and oh, what they yeah. eat. <laughs> and what they eat. You're very true. Very true. Jessica, where can people find you? Find me on Twitter at I am Jessica King. And you can find me on Instagram at Jess Clem. And you can find me at Daryl Kristen on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Full name. Uh, thank you for tuning into Breaking Into. Stephanie, it's been an absolute pleasure. I can't wait to watch this new show about the three girls from Nigeria. City that, of Angels. City of Angels. And when will it premiere? We're still waiting on a premiere date. Okay. Yeah. Well, we'll keep us let us know so we can promote it on Black Hollywood Live. Absolutely. Planning on doing 100 episodes and we're ripped to go. Well, thank you. Yeah, thank you again for coming in. Thank you. Appreciate it. From producers Maria Menounos, Dario Kristen, Tiana Hobson, Kevin Undergaro, and the entire BHL crew, we would like to thank you for supporting Black Hollywood Live, the first online broadcast network dedicated to African-American entertainment. For questions and comments, contact us at info at blackhollywoodlive.com. Like us on Facebook, tweet us, or Instagram us at BHL Online. And I'm your BHL announcer, Scipio. Instagram me at Planet Scipio. Thank you for tuning in. Hollywood redefined. The views expressed here are those of the host owner and do not necessarily reflect the views of BHL or its owners or principals.